Well, just want to just give a, a very quick word, and it's a word of encouragement to us all. Um, we've been going through the book of Acts uh, as a church, and um, June rightly told me this evening that if we keep going at the pace that we're going, it would be a year and a half till we finished it. That's okay. We're just we're in the Word. That's a good thing, isn't it? Um, we're looking at Acts chapter three. Um, so if you've got your Bibles um, or your phones, that's okay too. Uh, we're going to read through it. And in fact, I might just have we got a confident reader from amongst our young people that might want to actually read the verse out for us? You're a good reader. Would you like to have a go? You left your Bible at home. That's all right. I'm sure someone else has got a Bible. So, do you reckon you can read from there down to there? Is that all right? Uh, right. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you when to stop. How's that sound? One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at, at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth at, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Walk, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them to the temple court, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. That was brilliant. Well done. Wasn't that a great job? Thank you for reading for us. I just want to, um, for those of you who haven't um, been part of our Acts series, uh, just a couple of things that really stand out in Luke's writing in Acts is that he's really um, interested in and focused on the gospel spreading throughout the world. Uh, it is not about the power or the the skill of the apostles. Uh, in fact, sometimes you know, it starts with, with Peter and then it forgets about Peter later on because he's interested in how the Spirit of God actually empowers people to allow the gospel to spread uh, throughout the nations. And so at the start, we had uh, the disciples waiting for the coming of the Spirit. Uh, Jesus was... Uh, uh, the risen Jesus met with his disciples. And he taught them uh, for a f- for a few for a month, and then he ascended to heaven. And for ten days, they waited in the upper room for the coming of the Spirit that was promised. And then the, the, they received that Spirit, and and they, Jesus said that you'll be my my witnesses in Jerusalem, uh, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And now we come, and then Pentecost happens. And many people come to faith and, and join the church. And now, in a, in a way, we're starting to see that spread. We're starting to see the activity of the Spirit amongst the people. So one day, Peter and John. Now, I want to just stop there because I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but um, John was Jesus' 
favorite disciple. Yes, Jesus had favorites. Uh, he was the disciple that Jesus loved. Peter was the disciple that disowned Peter. Who? Um, who? Sorry. Sorry, Jesus, not Peter. Um, and so you might think, well, out of the out of the, the the bunch of them, it might be that Peter and and John, maybe John particularly, didn't have a, a like for Peter. Uh, have you ever thought about that? Yet, what we see happening with the coming of the Spirit is there is unity in the church. There is a coming together of of people and of like mindedness and of of that sort of thing. So we see Peter and John. They're buddies now, and they're walking together, and they're going to the temple at the time of prayer. Now, the Jewish people prayed three times a day, morning, afternoon, about 3 o'clock, and at night time. So this is about 3 o'clock. Interestingly, though, before the prayers was the sacrifices, and Peter and John no longer feel like it's necessary to be part of the sacrifice system because they know that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for us, and he overtook that old system. So they're going to the temple to pray. Now, isn't it amazing that the Holy Spirit has come on the disciples? They are starting to see amazing and wonderful things happen. But they don't just live by themselves. They don't just huddle together and stay in that upper room. They don't just sort of think, hey, let's just have a meal in our home and that be it. They actually go out and they live their lives by participating in all-day, everyday activities. And it's the same with us. We shouldn't just shut ourselves behind the doors and just have a private spiritual life, but that spiritual life overflows into the fact that they want to participate and be part of everyday life, so they're going and being part of that. And in the process of their everyday life comes an opportunity. In the everyday process of our lives comes our opportunities that just come before us. So here's this man. Now, Luke is a doctor. He's a physician. And we might just, if it was someone else writing this, they might just say, well, there was a lame man. But Luke gives us detail because he wants to, actually I'm going to talk about this in a minute, give us the detail that he was crippled from, what does it say, from birth. So this wasn't due to a fault of an oxen falling on his legs or a plough running over him or something like that. Right from the get-go, this was this guy's experience. This was his life. So he didn't know what it was like to walk. He didn't know anything different. It was not any fault of his, of his own. But he found himself in this place where he was dependent upon other people to carry him to this gate to be put there to, to beg for money as people were coming through. At the gate called Beautiful. Now, it wasn't an actually the gate called Beautiful, but they called it a beautiful gate. And do you know why? Well, the historian Josephus tells us, so I read this week, that the, the gate was 75 feet tall. It was absolutely humongous. And it was adorned with silver and gold. Now, isn't that interesting that... Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give you. And in a way here, they're, they're painting a picture of even not only uh, money don't I have, but even the old system, even the thing that you're here sitting under and that people are going in and out of, 
in, in the, the temple courts, even, even that will not suffice. Even that will not bring you true healing and, and what you're actually after. So this, this gate that was beautiful, gold and silver, he was put there every day to beg in the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now, some translations it says arms, and I, often as a kid I used to think, why is he asking for arms? He should be asking for legs. <laughs> but arms is just another word for charity. So he's asking, he's begging for money. Now, this is a really interesting uh, verse. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the normal human uh, reaction when you see someone in need, when you see perhaps someone who has a disability or someone uh, who perhaps might ask you for charity, what's the, the natural reaction? It's sort of a bit of, bit of this or, you know, or what's the time over here? I'm not gonna, like you, 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 get, you avert your gaze, don't you? It's the, the natural sort of human thing to do. And yet here, Peter and John, and, and some translations say, looked intently at him. So they're not doing the normal sort of look away thing. They're, they're going, and it doesn't say how long they looked at him, but they looked intently at this man. I wonder if they're going, you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. <laughs> they're looking intently. And they give him the attention. And then not only that, Peter says, look at us. I wonder who has said that to this man before. Not many people, I don't think. So he's having dignity. He's like eye contact. Look, look at me. Look at us. And so the man here is thinking, oh, this is, this is my winning day. Obviously, they, they, they've taken notice of me. They want to give me money here. Um, and so he's expecting them to give him something. And then Peter said, here's the silver, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Peter has nothing that he, he doesn't give him what he wants, but he gives him what he needs. And there's a difference there sometimes when, when we pray and we ask God for stuff. Sometimes we ask for things that we want, but ultimately God gives us what we need. And then he says, in the name of Peter, no, in the name of John, no. In the name of Mary, no. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why does Peter say that? Yeah? <laughs> a lot of other small J Jesuses, isn't there? There's a lot of other options or so-called cures for things. And... But it's only Jesus who has authority and power to heal. It is only through his name that anyone can even be saved. And so he, he says, look, it's not about me. In fact, when Peter then uh, addresses the crowd, once again, whenever there's a, a miracle, Peter takes the opportunity to address the crowd and preach and bring people to him. But he says, uh, if you keep if you keep reading, um, in verse uh, twelve, Peter saw him and said, "Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or 
godliness we made this man walk. It's not by our own power. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has done this. So it's in his power. It's in his authority. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Now, just a quick little side note here. A lot of people talk about faith when it comes to uh, healing, when it comes to uh, the miraculous side of things in the Christian world. Who had the faith here? It was Peter and John's faith that made this man well. I was just thinking about, the, remember, the, the friends that brought their, their friend to Jesus on a mat and lowered him in the house when Jesus said, he looked at the friend's faith and said, because of faith, you're, you are healed. And so there's faith involved, but this had nothing to do with this, this crippled man. It was Peter and John's faith. And he jumped to his feet and he went with them into the temple courts and he went walking and leaping and praising God. Walk, yeah, it's just me. Okay, no. And maybe some people over here. <laughs> Don't you just love scripture and song? Okay. And what was he doing? Was he praising Peter? He's praising God. He wasn't, he wasn't praising the men that did this. He was praising, again, the one who had the authority and the power to, to, to do it. And then there was this commotion, and all of those people who walked past him and did the typical thing and looked away, they actually knew this guy, and they, they knew what he looked like, and then they saw him healed, and they're like, hang on, that's the guy that used to sit at the gate. What's going on there? You know, when God does miraculous things, when God does something in us, it has an effect and other people see it and other people are drawn to God through that. So that's, that's the story that we see here uh, in, in Acts chapter 3. But I actually want to just finish up by drawing something out of this uh, for you and for I. Because we might just go, well, I wasn't there. Uh, it might be a nice story, but what has it got to do with me? You know, Jesus used to tell stories uh, called parables and they had a spiritual truth behind what the, the story was about. And here I think Luke chooses this particular one to describe in the book of Acts because this is the gospel story and I want to explain that to you. It says in Acts that the, the apostles did many miracles and many other things, but those things weren't recorded. Luke chooses to record this. And I think it's because of this. You see, you and I are just like that lame man. The Bible says that we are born into our condition. We are born into the sin problem that we have in our lives. So this man was was crippled from birth. There was nothing that he could do about it. There was no fault of his own. That's just how it is. And it's the same with every single one of us. We have this sin problem, this condition, and there's nothing that we can do about it. This man had no power of his own. He had to rely on other people to to bring him to to beg. And he he sometimes got something that helped him for a bit, but then he's still there. And then it helps him for a bit, and he's still there. And, And nothing can actually get him out of this state that he is in. And it's the same with you and I. There's nothing in our own power or our own strength or even our friends' 
uh, ability to, to speak into our lives or say, try this or try that medicine or, or do this self, self-help thing or whatever. It's only Jesus that's able to release us from that condition and from that situation that we find ourselves in. So we are that lame man who's, who's there and has been like that since, since we were born. And we are powerless in our own ability to do anything about it. But the gospel says that Jesus has come into our world and he has not overlooked us. He has not walked by. He has not said, you're no good for saving. You're not good enough. Oh, I'm going to help these people over here, but you're, you're too far gone. But he looks us in the eye. He gets our attention. And he reaches his hand to us. And he picks us up out of where we find ourselves in, whether that be uh, you know, situations that have happened in our lives that aren't our fault, uh, consequences that have happened uh, as a result of circumstances in our lives. We, f- we find ourselves in that and we might find we're trying to do this to get out of it. We're trying to do that to get out of it. But Jesus looks us in the eye. And he says, hey, get my attention. And he reaches down and he picks us up. He says, none of that stuff's going to help you, but I'm going to help you and I'm going to set you free from this condition. And we are, as a result of that, brought in to fellowship, brought into relationship with him. Do you know what was amazing about that man? He was never allowed in the temple courts. He had to sit outside because he was considered unclean. What happened when he was healed? He went walking and leaping into the courts. So he's included. Now, he's part of what God has. And that's the same for you and me. When we say yes to Christ, when we allow him to pick us up in his strength, not our own, we too can enter into relationship with him, into that fullness that he has for us. And so I don't know where some of you are at, you young people, you older people. Uh, There's circumstances in our lives, there there are things that happen and sometimes we find ourselves in those things and we're asking God, God, I want I want." money to get me out of this thing or, or I want uh, a situation, I want a medicine or, or so, something that's going to fix this thing. You know what, Jesus comes to us and says, maybe you want those things but I want to give you something more permanent. I want to give you eternal life. I want to give you salvation that is going to allow you to, to walk and leap and, and enter into all that I have for you. So that leads us into a time of communion tonight and I want to do this a little bit differently because we just had a time of fellowship, a time of meal together. I want us to share our communion together by serving one another. So I'm just going to lead us in in that time and then I'm going to explain what we're going to do. But I just, just want to pray first. Lord, we thank you for uh, your gospel. We thank you for the truth that we have no power in ourselves to save us, but Lord, you do, and you don't overlook us, but you get our attention and you pick us up and you accept us and you give us the free gift 
of salvation and eternal life. And you've brought us into your family and we are included and can participate in all that you have for us. And this is not of any power or any boasting of ourselves. It's all because of you. And so, Lord, as we think of that, we remember the way in which you enabled that to happen by coming into this world, taking on our humanity, dying on a cross, taking upon our sin and taking our death upon yourself in order that as you were raised to life, we too can now be raised to life with you. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we remember that on the, the night that you were betrayed, you shared with your disciples how you were going to die and what great sacrifice you were going to make and that this was a one all-sufficient and perfect sacrifice. I don't need to keep coming back to that gate every day, every day, every day. But it's done once and for all. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he was sharing a Passover meal with his friends. And he took bread. It was actually unleavened, so it wouldn't have looked like this. But... Um, I love the fact that we can do communion with real bread. Crackers are okay, but bread's better. Um, And he took a a loaf, well, he took the bread, and he was sharing this meal with his disciples, and he took it, and he broke it. And he said to his disciples, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And what he was declaring was that his body on the cross was going to be broken and bruised and and battered for us, for, for our forgiveness of our sins. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. So the old ways are gone. The old system has, has been, been overturned by this new life, that my blood that is going to be shed for you is a new covenant a new covenant of hope, a new promise that we would have eternal life with him forever. And so we do as the Lord Jesus commanded us to do. We take the bread and we drink the cup and we proclaim who Jesus is until he returns again. So what we're going to do is we're going to play us. Have we got the song over the speakers? Yeah. Um, I'm going to start over here. You're going to actually might start in two spots. Take take the bread, turn to someone else, and offer them the bread, and say, "This is Jesus's body. It's given for you." And then allow that that person to serve you or go along the line or something like that. So we will start over here, and then we might start here too. So I'll, I might serve you. As we gather around this table, we remember Andrew's born from the dead. So in everything, he is the head and the Does anyone feel like that they would like to lead us in a prayer of thankfulness? What would you like to do?
whole world will be safe. Thank you for that prayer. I actually want to, I want to take that prayer. I want to expand on it. Lord, we pray that in, in the same way that you healed this man, Lord, that you would heal the world and that you would make the world safe and you would make the world full of your grace and your truth. And thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for us and that we can participate in your family. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's drink together. That's all right. So good to be together and enjoy communion. We're going to sing a quiet song to finish off. So if you're a snuggly type and you've got someone to snuggle with, you can snuggle together while we sing this song. (laughs) It's a song that reminds us that we can always come to Jesus with every need that we have. And it also says there's a line there that he showed us on that cross that he will come to us. And that's what we've just celebrated in communion, that he has come to us on this earth and walked with us and he comes to us by his Holy Spirit so he's present with us now. So let's sing to Jesus. Jesus said that if I thirst I should come to pray a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We go in your grace and in strength of your spirit. Amen. Thanks for coming, everyone. It's been a lovely night.